Welcome to the Nixus Podcast. I'm your host, Melanie Nix, and today I am joined with my co-host, Ames, and we are interviewing Neanderthal. What's up, guys? Very good, thank you. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> so, who's, who's here tonight? Right, well, first, I'm Alec. I'm the uh, guitar player and singer. Who's going next? Stuart, you go next. Hold on. <laughs> we, should got, we should have got like a big seashell. I'll play the bass. And I'm Tom, and I, uh, I, I play the other guitar. Welcome, guys. Um, where are you guys from? Well, from England, in a sort of general speaking kind of way, but mainly Essex. It's like a sort of part of the east of England. Very cool. So what's the story behind Neanderthal? How did that name come up? Oh, God, am I doing this one, I suppose, am I? Because I'm the only original original member left. Um, uh, Yeah, well, yeah, I nicked the name, basically, off another band. Um, It's kind of how it went. (laughs) Um, was like when I moved to um, South Ed, which is where I live in Essex at the moment. Um, I was kind of starting a, a new band because I was playing in bands in London. I moved there, and uh, I actually saw it in the classified ads. I was going through that horrible process that a lot of bands band members do, of going through pages and pages of classified ads and trying to find someone who's going to work out. And I saw uh, an advert for a band called Neanderthal. And I uh, thought, oh, that's a really cool name. I, I didn't end up joining them, but uh, their guitarist came down and um, jammed with me and the drummer that I was playing with at the time. And uh, I said, oh, you're in that band, Neanderthal. I said, oh, yeah. And we sort of talked about how I applied for it. He said, oh, yeah, we're not, we're not using the name anymore. I was like, oh, okay. Can I, can I use the name if you're not using it? He's like, yeah, yeah, sure. So, uh, yeah. I, I stole it off somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when it's good, when it's catchy, why not? Especially if you get blessings for it. I mean, let's go. Well, yeah, I mean, they weren't using it, so I thought, well, you know, I'm going to have it then. <laughs> I, I don't blame you. How would you describe your music, guys? Well, Tom, you have a little go at that. He's much more eloquent than me. I'll just hit things. Uh, okay. Um. And <laughs> <laughs> he knows what the genres are. <laughs> I'll just call it metal. <laughs> um... Let's see, how did I describe it before? So I described it, before. so, you know, we, we typically just sort of say, you know, it's, it's, it's metal. Um, but the way that, you know, sort of when we're, um, very much sort of high on our own supply, we describe it as like thrash metal that's come full circle. So it's, you know, thrash metal via all the other genres that it's gone on to sort of influence. So it's got little bits of groove metal in there, little bits of um, melodic death metal. So it's sort of, uh, like Gothenburg style death metal, um, especially the newer stuff we're working on at the moment. Yeah. And also there's, I mean, with Rise, there's a very heavy uh, prog metal influence, a lot of sort of dream theater in there via the uh, former lead guitarist. Because now that's what you guys were saying. There's only uh, only Alec left as uh, one of the original members. From the, from the like the first lineup, yeah. Um, Jay was the drummer. He's not. He's not with us at the moment. Um, well, he's not. <laughs> he's with us. He's just not on this call. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. He he kind of joined about uh, 
2016. How long ago is that? I get, oh God, nearly seven years ago now. So um, yeah, he he was the original, and then after the pandemic, the the two guitarists left, and I went from bass to playing the guitar again, which I originally did, and then we got uh, Tom and Spewie then. And uh, but yeah, as far as like what we play, um, yeah, I just, we'll just reiterate what Tom said. You know, it's kind of like the thrash. It's, it's kind of like the blueprint for it. But we're just taking all those European influences as well, with the, the, the kind of the strong melody and stuff like that. That kind of old school sort of metal, but not, you know, with that old school kind of janky production sound and stuff like that. We kind of have that modern <laughs> yeah. aesthetic of how we want it to sound. And uh, just like that kind of modern feel to it. And just, you know, everything we think is good, because we listen to a lot of different stuff. So whatever we think is, is good kind of gets in. Would you say your sound changed since the members changed? Like, can we hear, like... I think you will hear that with the new stuff that we're working on, which we, we, we haven't really sort of said anything about, so keeping it under, under reps. Uh, I don't, we don't even know what it, <laughs> I think we don't even know what it's going to be like. But we are, we're <laughs> sort of working on new material, because uh, obviously the, we want to put a, a, a stamp on this lineup. And, um, yeah, it's just, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going in some really cool directions that, uh, we weren't really sure that it was going to, but, uh, you know, like I said, we're taking all those influences and yeah, I think you're going to hear that on the new stuff. It's going to be different. It's the same kind of feel, but it's, it's, it's definitely bridging into a lot of different areas we haven't tried before. Bringing in new members usually do that. We all mm-hmm. have our own style, our own vibes. So. Absolutely. Um, how would you describe your creative process? The big difference with these guys compared to what I've ever done before is that everyone's involved in this one. Um, we've we've basically record shit at home um, and there's like little bits and then Tom will hear something I've done or, or Alec will hear something Tom's done and uh, Jay just hits things faster and faster. And it, but it, but it, all of a sudden you've got a song there by accident. You know, and we, you know, like Alex sort of alluded to, we've uh, we've got like a, I think we just bang it up on Google Drive, don't we? So we can all hear it. And <laughs> we've we've now got more lyrics than we know what to do with. We've got more parts of songs, uh, more riffs, and and it, and even to, even today when we were sodden about the day, I mean, I think I think Tom was up with your parents, wasn't he? And he's sodden about sending us videos on his acoustic guitar, but. When we then go into rehearsals, once we've done our the bits that we really do need to do for our live set, these things are just being sort of messed about. And for me, yeah, you know, sorry mate, it's been it's been completely different because normally in a band you've got the leader um, or one or two people, and then everyone else just has to fit in around it. And this is completely different, um, which is a massive, you know, one of the. Well, I didn't know at the time when when I obviously. So, oi, <laughs> do you need a bass player? Um, um, but I think it's why it's worked so well. Uh, and, and that's sort of translated into our live performances as well. I mean, it's, it's, it, we have real fun when we're doing it. It's not, you know, we try to look serious because we're in metal, we want to look double R, don't we? But, <laughs> but the, 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 in the background, we're sodden about enjoying ourselves. Um, and this is really, I think, where we are. Yeah, I was going to say, like, uh, that, that G drive is, is, it's like Pandora's box at the moment. It's got so much stuff on there that we just, um, ideas we put backwards and forwards. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's fun curating it and, and kind of delving through it and finding what we've got. But like Spiri said, yeah, we've got, we've got so much stuff on there now because it's, 
Um, like I say, just as Edward's view is saying, it's like, um, it's a complete democracy. It's like anybody can contribute lyrics, riffs, anything, you know, and it's, there's no kind of right or wrong. It's just once we put it together and we're happy with it, if we're all, you know, making a face and nodding our heads and thinking, oh, okay, yeah, this, this sounds pretty good, then we know we're on to a winner. Okay. So we have got it. Do you have any artistic collaboration plan at the moment? Well, we touring wise, yes. Um, we are, we're about to, I think, we've got Metal to the Masses uh, mid April uh, or late April, and then our first proper, or our start, if you like, of our tour with a, a band called Arms to Oblivion, who we are then doing the rest of the year with. Um, and right, awesome. funny enough, right, yeah, right the way through till January, aren't we? Uh, with with yeah, those lads. Yeah. Um, wow. But uh, so, yes, I suppose in some ways, but the, we, we aren't doing anything uh, musically yet because we haven't sorted ourselves now. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, That's I think Well, that's the thing. I think with, with collaboration-wise, we want to do that live. But I think the next um, the next release we do or releases, not to give too much away about what we're going to do, but we kind of have a few releases planned. Um, we, we want to be like 100% like just our stuff. Um, yeah, if something comes up, you know, we'll see how that goes. But like Spewies, that's kind of Spewies brainchild, the whole relentless aggression, um, gigs that we've been putting on. They're like our own shows that we've been, you know, putting together. I say we have, it's mainly been Spewies that's been doing <laughs> all the work <laughs> for it. We just sort of turn up and go, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so. <laughs> So that's been really cool. We've, we've we've got some we've got some really good bands that we we're, we're doing a lot of shows with, and that um, makes the whole all the shows much more enjoyable to do. Uh, when, we, when we kind of we, we know the people we're playing with, and we know that they're really good bands, because it makes us play better. If we know that the bands are really good that we're playing with. We know we've really got to kind of knuckle down and deliver. But it's nice to catch up with others, isn't it? And give out different. Music with, together with people, all different blends tonight. The biggest drive for this really was it. Um, if we sit around and wait for a promoter to put us on, then they do. You know, you can you can't you can't say thanks enough for for the, the guys and girls that have put us on so far. Um, but you are competing with so many bands, and and, and you end up in um, or waiting around, uh, and then obviously. I had a sort of decent background in with the cover bands and, and um, a lot more softer stuff than we're doing now. But you had to fight like hell every year to get all the gigs put in together. You know, you know what it's like, and, and it's like a like a scrum come around. You know, by the end of the year to get next year's stuff sorted. Um, yeah. But I had that experience in, in putting on gigs and, and stuff, and, and it, it didn't take too long once we once we found a couple of bands that we wanted to play with. Um, and then other people then want to jump on with us, if you like. But we found some of them are quite disorganised and quite chaotic, aren't they? You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whereas, you know, we're, you know, we're probably blowing smoke up our own arse here, but we, we all know what we're doing. We've all got, you know, we've got the right kit, we've got the right connections, and, and we, we can put a four or five band gig on, and it's effortless. You know, it, 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 all right, it costs us, what's it cost us? It costs us a sound engineer. Um, yeah. 
and sometimes you nearly make your money back on the door, don't you? Um, you never make all your money back. Well, okay, okay, let's 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 not do that first one down because we did actually turn a profit on it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that was the, the, the profit just about covered our bar tab, but yeah, we made yeah. a profit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> uh, and then you know, it's all it's all it's all gone from there really. And now you know, now it's ironic. The first relentless aggression show that we did. The venue literally booked us halfway through that evening, you know, to come back again. We hadn't even played that night, but it was like, we want you to come and do this again. And then, um, who was it? The Cart and Horses in, uh, Stratford, uh, which is somewhere that I'd always wanted to play. The first place of Iron Maiden. Yeah. Yes. They sort of bit our, bit our hands off really. And then, bugger me, they booked us before we'd even played there. Uh, and then there's a, a decent venue in South End, Chinneries in South End, uh, have done exactly the same thing. You know, we've we'll be playing there what three, four times this year, probably. You know, well, three times certainly. Um, as with the whole show, you know, it's really it's really sort of taken off. That was a real surprise. The, the, the first one we did, like the first one we organised together, we actually it was the first time. Um, certainly in this band, I know any bands I've done where we had like um, pre-ticket sales that we had. When anything, okay, we're going to have them available, you know, beforehand to buy them, get a, use a QR code or whatever it was that we did. And I was, I was kind of, I, I, I was hoping that there would be a good turnout because we hadn't played there before. We hadn't played in Chelmsford, even with these guys before we were in the band. We'd only played Chelmsford like a couple of times uh, in our place in Essex. And, um, and I was kind of like, okay, I'll, if there's a few people turn up, um, it'll be good. And, uh, yeah, people just kept, more and more people just kept coming and it ended up being like a completely packed out venue for the first, in January, a cold night in January. Um, I can't even remember if it was like a Friday or Saturday night or something like that, but it was the first time we put on and like I say, a cold night in January and it was packed and it, everyone really was into it at the end. We just sort of turned around again and went, oh wow, that was, <laughs> That was a real success. Like the first one was a real success, and it was like a real um, incentive for us. It was a real kind of um, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but yeah, it was it was great. It was like a you know inspired us to to, to do more. Sounds really amazing. When it, you first get set off with your first feet there, that's a thrill. When you get a good outtake of people in one place, right? I will pass you back on to Mel for your next yes. question. <laughs> uh, who's your inspiration, like musician or band? Why do you admire them the most? Oh, that's a tough one. I'm not going first. <laughs> Tom can go first for this one. <laughs> oh, you can all go for that one. That, that, that's a pretty individual question. You know, the one of the biggest insp- inspirations I ever had really was from a guy called Engel Wurstler. Played in a band called uh, Darth back in the oh god early 2000s, and then went moved on to Chimera in about sort of 2010, 2011. Um, the guy, it's, it's very hard to describe as playing with, unless you've actually heard it, but it's very much, um, jazz infused death metal. It's, it's just absolutely phenomenal. Um, and I remember hearing it when I was maybe about 15, 16, when I was sort of on a big sort of state like John Petrucci kick. And at the time I was like, no, he's the big, be all and end all. And then someone sent me a clip of uh, the two guitarists from Darth at the time, A.R. Levi and um, Emil Wurstler, uh, going through one of their tracks called From the Blinds. Completely fucking blew my mind. Um, 
other guitarists, I suppose, Devin Townsend, Michael Akerfeld. Uh, I'm also massively into uh, the guy from uh, Spilosis at the moment. Um, I can't remember his name. Yeah. So you have a lot of inspiration. It's not just one one artist. Like you pick up inspiration. No. Yeah, it, it it sort of it 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 changes from sort of day to day what kind of mood I'm in. But you know, Emil Wurstler is is definitely sort of the big one that I go back to all the time. Ask a guitarist who his favourite guitarist is. You're you're not going to get one answer for that. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we'll go on and on. Yeah. Anybody else for this one? Yeah, mine's simple. I'm an absolute blunt instrument. It's Motorhead all day. Yeah, as far as musical stuff, I went. I was a kid. I went to see them uh, uh, the Cliff Pavilion in Southend when I was fourteen, and I remember being in there. And, and uh, what you do, you like you run straight down the front because we was there really early. Uh, you can't drink because you're fourteen years old. And I remember <laughs> you looked at the. The, the speakers were, were from the floor to the ceiling and the whole back line and everything. I didn't even know what it was all about. And uh, they, well, I think girls' school supported who were bloody awesome, I, you know, especially when I was a kid. You know, I'd never seen anything like that. Uh, and then Motorhead come on, uh, played the first chord, and then you're just deaf. The entire set <laughs> was Jason Spade, but it didn't matter. It was like that, uh, you know, uh, and, and so... That was it, and that's what I wanted to do. I just wanted to, and, and the guys would tell you what doing rehearsals. Just sit there and go, with the same chords, and it's wonderful. <laughs> uh, and as far as in, an individual player, it's, it's John Campbell from Lamb of God, and, and it's not so much, you know, he is, it's not so much he's playing, but he is the most humble bloke I've ever seen. Every time he's interviewed, he, uh, he's got the Alice Cooper about him. He's completely normal. You know, he, 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 he underrates himself. Uh, and he told he told a lovely story about um, I, don't, I don't know what song it was, but it was a riff that the, they they'd made in the, the the studio. And the producer says to him, "Right, you're playing that." And he just looked at it and went, "I, I can't play that. It's, it's ridiculous." But he, <laughs> he, you know, as we all do when we hear something, we think, "I can't play that." And, and, he, and he he just sort of said he went away and had to practice it and practice it and practice it. And this is a professional musician. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and it was that that made me realise that I could do that if I try. Uh, I can't play it like him, but it was just that I want to be. You know. It's a lot of practice, especially an instrument. Like I, I've tried to teach myself to play guitar, and I don't have enough hours to invest into learning to play guitar. So you know, I can play a few chords. Um, I mean, I can play four non-blondes, like, what's up? But that's like three chords, you know. Uh, other than that, I'm like, no, I'll leave it up to the, you know, to the pros. I'll just keep singing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just keep jumping around in the background. <laughs> just tune the guitar to open C and then anything sounds all right. That's what my trick is, really. <laughs> All right, well, I'll try that. <laughs> I was going to say, my, oh, um, yeah, for my one, I would have said um, probably Max Cavalera, probably a bigger was being a singer and a, a guitar player. And but I also just kind of like the way that he's just found a way of making himself stay relevant through basically from the. Um, kind of mid to late 80s when Sepultura started all the way through to Soulfight and all the other bands that he's done. 
he's always found a way of making himself a really important part of um, the landscape of metal, regardless of what era you take from. He's always been like a pivotal part of, of that. But I'd also just say as well, as a band, um, as an influence, I'd, I'd have to just say Slayer all the time because they've, again, just been this constant of like Slayer have always just been Slayer. And yeah. everyone who listens to metal knows what that means when you hear it. But they also just, they stopped they, uh, when they were at their peak. And as far as we we're aware, they've stayed stopped, which is like a lot of bands could take a leaf out of that book of like having a body of work and going, okay, that's the chapter complete and just finish when, when, when it's done and not do another world tour, another final world tour. Like a kisser on their like fourteenth final world tour, or, or or another album that ends up like you shouldn't have yeah, done exactly. that album. You should have just stopped, you know. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like now you can listen to Slayer and you can listen to the whole body of work, and there isn't any really. I mean, some people might say some of the albums are worse than others, but there's not one where they suddenly went and did like a you know a drum and bass album or something completely just ludicrous. They just stopped when they were still had their integrity and just, uh, you know, didn't go on too far. So as a Max Carrera and Slayer, I think, for me. Awesome. Well, let's take a little break and listen to one of your songs.
Welcome back, guys. We are with Neanderthal, and we have just listened to Destination Paradise. Talk about the song, guys. What's the inspiration? What does it mean to you? Oh, lyrically, um, I can. It's, it's actually got a quite a specific topic. Um, uh, it wasn't written by me. Uh, it was written by uh, one of the um, former band members, uh, John. And basically, it's kind of dealing with uh, radicalization and uh, suicide bombers from the point of view of the suicide bombers. So it basically deals specifically with the 9-11, and then the um, 7-7 bombings, and then the uh, the Boston bombings with the, uh, the, I think it was Boston, where they had the, the with the race, the run, uh, charity The race, marathon, yeah. Yeah, the marathon, yeah. So it kind of deals with that sort of subject, which is um, which is kind of odd for us lyrically. We don't always go for, like, specific things. Some some of the songs are about specific things, but that, that's kind of one of the ones that is actually, you can, you know, it doesn't take much reading into the, 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 the kind of the story is, is there. That's one of your first songs that you guys did? That is, that's, that's been around for a long time. Um, that was, um, yeah, that was one of the first... Uh, it was the first, yeah, he opens the album, but that, yeah, that was around, that was even around before, um, the drummer Jay was in the band. That was like a very first, like, original lineup, uh, that crop of, uh, songs from that, from that lineup. What's the plan for Neanderthal for the next months? What's coming up? So, about 
that, that's the plan. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll include them. Sure. <laughs> 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 that's what's happening. Fucking cats, just like, it's just, it's just, it's just gonna keep scratching the door, and that's how it Come on then, come on, No. Very sweet. Oh, <laughs> 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 right, you've got in now. Shut up. <laughs> Cats, dogs, babies—we got everything on this. Oh yeah, this is all manner of. What's coming up for you guys for the next few months? Busy as hell, aren't we? So uh, we sort of saying we've got the, that metal to the masses competition this month, um, which we've been sort of uh, working towards uh, the rehearsals next week um, and I think you're going on holiday for a week Alec and then then we're away uh, and then we are literally that's that's when our our sort of regional tour with Arms to Oblivion kicks off the 6th of May and then we're playing every single month for right the way through till January you know we're, we're, we're going for it really um if Metal to the Masses works out, Alex is in a complete world of shit. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the the end product of that ends up when you're on holiday, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does, yeah. <laughs> so, so I don't know how he's going to breach that if it works out for us. Um, <laughs> um, and then, well, with, with, like I said, we're, we're working on loads of new stuff. Um, and all sorts of things need to come out really uh, it's, it's been really quite cathartic to play the music so far but it's definitely time as a band to start using the uh, the talents of Dr Tom over there um, uh, and put our own stamp on things really. So you guys are going to be really busy like touring till January like shows till January is pretty congratulations yes, yes, it's, it's, gone, it's gone absolutely nuts I mean we've been we've been on a different radio show every night. You know, I mean, some, sometimes it's been three or four. We can't even, ca- can't even catch them all. It's been three or four yeah. on the same night. You know, really and it's like, um, you know, if you go by radio stations or, or webcasts and stuff that have been on, it's like Canada, Portugal, America, Finland, literally just like, and all ones in England and Essex as well. But yeah, it's just been not just like a, you know, in the local area, it's been like a worldwide response. Yeah. It's been like a real crazy thing, really. That's the power of the power of the social media game. That's yeah, the power absolutely. of you know, like social media, Facebook, internet is is a big phenomenon. Uh, you know, now when you make music, you don't just reach your locals like you can blow up in like the oh, whole yeah. world. You can, like, you can reach everybody. It's been. It's like it's, it's jaw dropping and really humbling, but it's really, it's. It, I wouldn't say it's out of control, but you feel, didn't you? It's like, my God, what's coming in next? I mean, we got, we got, yeah. oh, you know, we got so much we got to do that. Um, you know, I said at the start, it's like herding cats. You know, and because and all of us, all of us work. Um, we, I think we've all got kids, and we, it, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is pretty amazing. I'm gonna pass you guys off to Amy for a question. For Aim, to Ames for a question. Um, hide in the wind. Okay. There you go. How do you think social media has changed the music industry? I don't, I don't know. If, uh, social media has pretty much changed a lot of things inside. But I mean, I think in terms of like um, 
maybe the offshoot of that, how the sort of streaming sort of side of things has changed the uh, industry. That's had quite a massive pronounced effect on it. And um, it's one of those things, I think, with any sort of technology furthers along, you know, how you produce music or how you share it with people, you have to kind of figure out a way to move with it otherwise, or make it work for you. Otherwise, you're going to get left behind. I mean, there's, I know there's, there's, there's a certain market now for doing vinyl and doing tape and stuff like that. I mean, I'm not interested in buying tapes, to be honest, at all. But, I mean, it's, um, it's just you have to kind of figure out a game plan for it and how you can make it work. Otherwise, you're going to, you're going to be left behind. The technology is going to, going to outstrip you. And you're going to be sitting there with CDs trying to still flood onto people because, but that, that mode of doing things is outdated, which kind of goes to a little bit towards how we're going to go progress with our next releases, not to let the cat out of the bag too much about it because we're, we're sort of saving that kind of what we're going to do. We've got a, a good game plan of how we're going to do our next sort of set of releases. And it is geared towards more what the streaming market is, which is, you know, it needs replenishing constantly. Yes. It's, it's, it's one of those things you, you can't just release something and go, okay, two years time, we'll do something else because everybody's forgotten about you by then. Uh, we tend to have spikes in our streaming thing when we, when we do something new and when we release something new or, you know, put something out there, then we tend to see spikes in it. And that's kind of how we're going to play it going forward. Again, we don't go too much into it because we're, we're still working out what the game plan is. You want to yeah, keep them interested like, without oversaturating them. Yeah, exactly. And it, because that becomes like a question of the quality you put out and not yeah. the quantity too. Because you can just put loads of stuff out and it will be rubbish and, you know, it's not really, it's just going to get lost in the mix because there's loads of other stuff out there too. But if you can kind of release things in a way that's good quality, keeps people's attention, but doesn't just then drop off for ages and then try and get their attention back again because the attention is gone. And that's just kind of, and like I say, that, you know, people might balk at that and, you know, you can bemoan the old ways of doing things now, but that's, you just have to be truthful and say, well, that's, that's just finished. That, that, that way of doing things is, is, is not anymore. So. Yeah. You have to change with the time and keep evolving, right? Mm. I can't remember what the question was. <laughs> I just went off on one there. It's okay. We'll move but on. You are our next question. <laughs> I hope it answered the question. <laughs> it was perfect. Oh. <laughs> Go on, Amy. <laughs> okay. How do you balance the music and your other obligations around you? We don't. <laughs> <laughs> We are we are all in the same position. You know, we're we've all we're all we're all married and we've all got kids and we've all got full time jobs and careers and stuff like that. So we all kind of you know understand where everybody's coming from. There isn't kind of any of that sort of fun, you know, or whatever from band members that maybe don't get it or don't or you know but everybody's also prepared to commit enough of their free time to make the band actually work as well. Because you have to have that. You can't constantly just be going like, oh, no, sorry, I'm not available. Because then you just, you haven't really got a band. So it's a question of just um, being prepared to uh, what the free time we have, which is, is not a great deal between us, but it's just that willingness to sacrifice what free time we have to be able to do what we do. And I think because we're all committed to doing the band and we all we all enjoy it 
it, it works in that way because we all we all appreciate that the the, the 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 time that we have, <clears throat> which is not a lot between us, it's just you know dedicated to that, and we we all just appreciate that we're all you know we're all committed because we're all giving up our free time to do this, whereas we could be going doing whatever else. But uh, we all just decided that okay, our free time is going to be for this, and I think that just that just helps because we're all we're all kind of singing from the same hymn sheet in that way. Really ties in. With that question about um, a creative process, this is, for me, uh, the only band I've been in where everyone does stuff. You know, yeah. everyone working their arse off all the time. They're always doing something. You only get that opportunity now and again. You know, and I think all, you know, all of us have, have been doing this a while. Um, and it was a thing, you know, that made, this really made me commit to 120% really to this was uh, I know that Tom and Jay and, and Alec uh, are, are pulling their weight. And, 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 and in most bands, it's not done like that. We all, you, you know, it's, it's normally <laughs> the sad reality is it's normally one or two people working their arse off and the other two or three just sort of being dragged along behind until they get bored and then they, they drop the two that have been working their ass off in it and, and this is this isn't mm. like that we, you know we all come from um, different backgrounds with different skills uh, and that's yeah. what makes it what makes a, a, a really good team um, and there's a tremendous amount of trust between us all as well you know I mean the, the uh, you think we've become such good friends in this in the space of this year I mean we probably know more about each other than, than, than people that we've worked with for the last 20 years that sounds a little bit mm, but uh, that's the reality of it like it is. Yeah. How, that's how much you have to know you, you you have to know your bandmates you have to care about them like it's, it's a, mm-hmm. when you guys go on tour and you're not with your family that's your family without your family mm-hmm. yeah, I think, look, you said this like a, a team i think that is like really kind of what what, what sums it up it is like a you know it's just it's a team and we're, we're working towards you know the same goal no one's got any kind of you know, egotistical reasons why they're there, or, or any ulterior motive, or anything like that. It's because, because I mean, I've I've been in a lot of bands, and there's been a lot of different um, reasons why people do it. Um, yeah. Some people do it just to, you know, get off their head on various substances. I've, 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 I've met a few of those, and uh, some people just like being it for the social aspect, and you know, that's you know, fair enough for that if you want that. But uh, it's just really rare to get a group of people together that are just there because they want to. The music is the most important thing, and it's it's, it's all about the music, and we want to get that out there. And yeah. any of these other kind of posturing things, just um, it, you know, it just really doesn't. It just doesn't exist in this in this lineup, and that's uh, that's really cool. But um, go, you know. Going back to what we were saying originally, I think one of the main things as well that really helps balance, you know, the band stuff and, and so on, sort of keep all the, the different plates spinning, um, is the realization that little slices of time add up. So, you know, I mean, I, I, I work from home like three days a week. And so if I'm not actively engaged with anything to do directly with work or anything, myriad of other things that I've got going on I typically sort of I'll pick up my guitar whatever thing we're working on that day 
I'm just sort of hammering it out. I'm sort of, you know, I'm like, okay, so we've got this one track, and we've got this an idea for this bit here and this bit here, but it's then like next two of them, and that's yeah. So that's what I'll do for the next fifteen minutes. I, I drive. I think I drive the rest of the band nuts though, because I spend. I send like two or three videos a day where I'm like, oh, what about this? Oh no, wait, no, I changed my mind. How about this? No, no, that one's. <laughs> um, it's true. And so, yeah. So I mean, like, the, the, like you know, the, uh, as Freddie said, I sent I sent through a couple of clips today, and that's kind of pretty typical. So I'm just all left my own devices. I'm just gonna. I'm just going to start fucking around with stuff. <laughs> there, there, is, there, is, there is a risk if you don't if you don't check the chat for like uh, a day, you can have about like fifty or sixty messages on there. Like, oh, okay, don't yeah. visit. <laughs> just scroll back through it and find out what the thread of the conversation was. It's it's, it's just yeah, it, but I mean, but but you know, that's that's what that's what makes things work. This lineup is that we've got different people who's uh, who's approach to things is very different for me I'm, I'm more like I'm more like a fire hydrant that occasionally switched off um, if I'm just sort of left to my own devices I'll just spray stuff everywhere all the time <laughs> and the <half> of <laughs> and, um, whereas you know uh, everyone else in the band can be a bit more um, a bit more focused <laughs> should we say <laughs> I completely but, um, get what you're saying for sure Um, Let's go to your second song and we'll be right back, guys.
and we're back with the guys from Neanderthal. Um, we just listened to Are We Winning? Um, again, um, I guess Alex going to answer this one too again. Um, yeah, it's for the um, <laughs> lyrical content of that. Yeah, it's, um, it's kind of a little bit about uh, kind of the social media craze of trying to chase after likes and, um, uh, you know, retweets and things like that. And um, it's like a, a kind of a, a game, almost like Twitter is the biggest um, computer game that there is because it, it forms all the criteria of being a computer game. Yeah. And um, it's just, uh, it's, it's like a competition to see who's winning. I can be a bit loose with like, the descriptions of the lyrics. I, I don't want to sound like I'm being pretentious, but I did hear a good point that Trent Reznor made about um, lyrics once. He said that he's had loads of songs ruined for him by people describing explicitly what all the lyrics mean, and it wasn't what he thought the lyrics meant because he brought his own reasoning from it or his own um, interpretation to it. And then someone says, oh, no, it's just about drinking. And it's like, oh, it kind of ruins the song for a bit. So I've always kind of a little bit careful about going to too much about what the lyrics are. But I think with Are You Winning, reading the lyrics as well, I think it's kind of, again, one that's a bit more obvious about what it's about. Yeah, uh, you're the you're the second person that tells me that about, uh, you know, going too deep into the details and then you may ruin the song. But I like to know just the general idea behind the song. You know, yeah, there's nothing the, wrong with having, like, the gist of what it's about. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you don't want to go by, like, line by line. No, no, no. I, I wouldn't ask you to because, like you said, it could, like, make me feel like a line is not what I thought it was, so... Also, I think some people say that because they can't remember what the song was about when they wrote it, and it's just like a load of... I have to say, this is one of those songs that every time I play it live, I mean, I complain about it endlessly because that opening bit is just such a pain in the ass. Um, but for, for me in particular, it, just, it it is just a blur. Like, we, you know, you start the song, you finish the song, and you sort of, oh, here he is. Well, here's our drummer. <laughs> <laughs> AJ, <laughs> welcome. Okay, unmute yourself. I'll, I'll watch this. This is going to be awesome. Maybe, maybe it's not keeping on mute. Oh, oh yeah, he's muted. <laughs> yes. Yeah. How do we to be honest, it might actually be a baby. Can we get that for rehearsal set button where he can just do? <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, I'll send him a text. <laughs> we can't hear you, Jay. I can see him. I could hear him rambling away, but <laughs> could hear? Could he hear us see though? Movie. There we go. I can hear you. Oh, there hey. we go. Hey. <laughs> there we go. Hello, mate. Good evening, Hi there. All right, so we just talked about your song, Are We Winning? Um, Ames, do you got a question for them? I do. Um, other than music, are there any, any other hobbies or passions that you have? Go on, Joe. You haven't done one, so oh, you, you do one. Um, used to have quite a few, but in this day and age, you know, with the music that we're doing with the band, work life, home life, there hasn't been much really, that I've been able to do. I mean, with the family, we do family film nights, stuff like that. I mean, many years ago, I used to be really into my drawing, 
I used to do a lot of artwork and used to write a lot of lyrics, but with everything in this day and age at the moment, I've, you know, in any spare time, I've spent learning new songs and various bits and pieces all to do with the band. Anybody else? <laughs> <laughs> I go fishing. <laughs> That's my, my, my way of just chilling out. <laughs> Normally with my lad, my little boy. It's uh, uh, so my excitement. It's it no fun. It's not one that he's just standing I don't like to use the word workaholic, but I, I don't tend to stop very much. Um, so, you know, outside of music, uh, so, you know, my PhD was in creative writing. I taught it for a couple of years as well. And that's sort of very much the direction my sort of, my career at the moment is going in. So that's, you know, one of the big sort of all consuming hobbies at the moment. Um, yeah. So writing music. Reading very, very long ones. Hopefully, you get busy. Um, I, I, well, I, don't, I haven't been at the moment, but I, I've done quite a lot of martial arts and stuff like that sort of in my spare time. It tends to be sort of one thing I sort of try to stay physically fit and do that kind of thing. So then all of your other obligations, you're still getting a little bit of time, not too much because you're so busy with the band at the moment. Yeah, I mean, that's it. <laughs> mainly spare time. Is just Aww. Like, you know, uh, yeah. Just, but I try to do sort of like um, uh, stay up with my sort of graphic design and drawings, things like that. But again, that tends to be sort of geared around like stuff with the band and stuff like that too. And... Um, Although sort of Tom and I are kind of in the very early stages of working on something together, which we're keeping a big secret. Well, we're not. <laughs> we haven't got very far with it. <laughs> it was a big secret until you spoke about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're rubbish at this. We just know that it's there. We don't know what it is. We just know that it's there now. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. If he's a secret, technically, I think you guys have around a month uh, to say your secret before I release the podcast. So I mean, it'll still be a largely dusty shelved secret. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it'll just be a series of messages. Being like, oh yeah, this is quite a cool thing. Oh yeah, yeah, that was quite cool. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing more. What brought you yeah. guys together? Um, Joinmyband.com. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, Jay's been in that. Uh, he uh, Jay was the only person in the band in that's joined Neanderthal that I, I, I kind of knew before he joined the band. It's weird because when I was in bands in London, I, 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 I knew so many people in different bands, I could just put bands together with just friends and stuff like that. But when I moved to South End, uh, I didn't really know anybody. So everybody that's been in Neanderthal has been someone I haven't known beforehand that's been from an advert. Uh, Jay, I kind of knew through somebody else who sort of recommended him and then he joined the band. But uh, yeah, Tom and Spirit are both from, from adverts too. Because 
when we had the lineup change, we went through that, like I said, that the laborious process of just sifting through classified ads of, you know, people who sort of go, oh, yeah, that sounds great. Oh, I'm not going to turn up. And then they, they just never hear from them again. And then, yeah, we somehow, I, I, I somehow managed to get, again, a, a band of people together who I didn't know beforehand, complete strangers to us, and it worked out, like, really well. So it's just, it was incredibly lucky. Sometimes you're better off to work with strangers than to work with your own friends. So I mean, oh, that, that's, yeah, that is also very true as well. It's just how it is. Nothing against my friends, but, you know, some of them you can work with, some of them. But it is, we're better off just staying friends and partying together. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, social media. Where can we find you guys? Oh, go on, Stevie. Cool. Well, uh, obviously, Facebook, we're on there. Uh, Twitter. TikTok, Instagram, Bandcamp, SoundCloud, oh yeah, YouTube, and then every single streaming platform known to man. It's cost us a fortune. Where did we land on the OnlyFans link for Jay? <laughs> oh, for God's sake. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that was horrendous. <laughs> come off there real quick because never, real... never quite got off the ground that one. But, yeah. Is that one in the link tree too? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. One no, of that 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 one, that one uh, tends to be scrawled on the insides of cubicles and men's toilets. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can we buy birch somewhere, guys? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. Um, we got there's a store. The Facebook store is there, the, the shop, um, and if or and Bandcamp as well, um, and that, that's that's really easy. Talking of merch, we've got loads of loads of new stuff. So you know what? Um, I'm actually surrounded by merch right now. I'm just <laughs> and this wasn't like the props that I got in earlier. We've got like Neanderthal t-shirts. Very nice. See, oh. you guys can't see them, but I could see them. They've got patches. Oh wow! That's really hatches, cool. Hats, hats as well. Like, there we go. Very, Very cool. That's yeah, weird. I, I got my first signed CD from a band. I won a little contest that they did on Instagram. Awesome. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. What you know, like uh, merch is always good to have. Um, that is something that I support, and I'm going to be trying to support once the the. You know, I'll have my own merch out there, and it's important to support people with merch. Uh, streaming platforms do not pay indie artists. They do not pay at all. So a T-shirt, you know, you go to their show, you buy a few drinks. Well, you know, skip on one drink at the end of the night and get yourself a sticker, a patch, a cozy, anything. You can get yourself a sweatshirt. Go ahead. Helps the band a lot. Yeah. It's really, that's so, so important because it's the only place now that any of us smaller bands are, are getting anything back. Because if you think, well, what's one stream on Spotify is 0.0004 UK pence, you know what I mean? It, it, you've got 20,000 streams and you've not, you've made the same money as selling two t-shirts or three t-shirts. You know, it, may, it, it, it makes people raise an eyebrow when these, when these bigger bands, you know, like I went to see the Gajira and Lamb of God quite recently. Um, and in, in the initial reaction, when you look at their merch, it's my God, I can't pay that. But then the reality is, there's no, they're not selling CDs 
are they? They're not selling their, their music in the, in, in, in the volumes that they'd like to now. Um, and they're also not charging people like pop artists are charging people. Uh, I mean, if I go see Lady Gaga, pay $300 a ticket, I'm not buying a T-shirt. <laughs> I blew all my money on your ticket. You know, if they make their shows affordable, then people could start buying merch again. Yeah. Also, the merch as well, um, with the bigger bands too, there's like, I, I don't know the ins and outs of it totally, but it is to do with also the venue taking cuts of the merchandise that they're selling on there as well. Oh, yes, uh, yes. Which is bullshit. Some uh, venues do uh, that, and some venues charge artists to be able to have a show. Yeah, I, I just, like yeah. I said, that's, that's just bullshit. I, I think that, that, that shouldn't be allowed. Are you, if, you're, if you're an artist, you're already bringing enough people into the venue to, to pay your way without them taking a cut of what you're then going to have to fleece your, your fans because of that, too. Um, but it's an interesting dichotomy we're saying about the um, streaming things as well, because I think we've had like something like 12,000 streams of Rise so in that ballpark, and we've made, what, like $37? I was going to say about $40. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. kind of like, um, but on the flip side of that, it's like, because you look at anything, if we just sold 12,000 albums, that's like a gold album. Yeah. You know, we'd have made, you know, and you need something yeah, 10, like... 10, 10, 10 now was like 100,000. 100, over a million stream now to even be considered? Like, it's, yeah, exactly. it's completely crazy. We had then, talked to... Uh, my old band had talked to a label, and they told us we needed something like 5 million streams on three of our songs before they would even look at us. Like, whoa, that's a lot of numbers, you know? It is a lot of numbers. and then, but, it's, but it's funny, because you look at it, it's like I said, well, you know, if I sold 10, 12,000 albums, we'd have made... X amount of money, but also it's like, you know, would we have sold 12,000 albums? Would we have, there's 12,000 people that have streamed it, would we, because that's the thing, it's that vicious kind of circle that it's in. It's like, would we have got those numbers with yeah. that amount of people actually heard it? So it kind of almost like, um, kind of ropes you into that thing of like, well, if you want people to hear, the, if, if people hearing the music is the important thing, then here's people hearing the music. But it's like, yeah, but it costs money to produce the music. So you have to make something back to be able to do that. Otherwise, nobody's going to be making any music. Well, so then keep think streaming, but buy merch. That's what, you, yeah, that's exactly. what people yeah. have to do. Just keep streaming. Like, there's so many good playlists out there with a bunch of indie artists that a bunch of indie artists are starting themselves. Yeah. Um just keep streaming like that's what I do I sit there and I just press play while I'm working through you know the the podcast the radio stuff and uh I just I don't listen to mainstream music anymore it's all indie uh we're gonna go to your last songs uh, the death of all emotions we'll come back talk about it quickly and then I'm gonna ask you guys that final question that I ask every band
And we're back with the guys from Neanderthal. Um, the Death of All Emotion is the song we just heard. Um, give me a quick flash about the, the, the lyrical side of the song. Oh, I don't, again, it's, it's kind of a, a, a slightly specific kind of thing. It's basically about that sort of person that you've given opportunity, opportunity, uh, time and time again to, uh, you know, chance as a chance to sort of, I don't know, uh, either come through for you or just get better at whatever it is or, or, you know, not be an arsehole. And they just time and time again just keep going on and, and doing the wrong thing over and over again, regardless of what happens to it. So all the three songs that we heard tonight, plus a lot more songs, right, can be heard on social media platform. Okay. Uh, and on streaming platforms. So we just have to look for Neanderthal and we should hit directly your profile or is there a keyword that we should look for? I think, if, well, Neanderthal UK maybe, because I think there's a couple, of, I don't know if there's any bands around called Neanderthal at the moment, but there's a few defunct ones that were called Neanderthal for a bit. You can get <laughs> mixed up a little bit, but they sound very different to us. <laughs> just look for the songs. Uh, Destination Paradise, The Death of All Emotion, and we... Uh, are we winning? So if you mm. type Neanderthal in one of those songs, you'll find well, the right well, band. Well, they're all off of Rise, the album Rise. So Rise. Know, if you Neanderthal Rise, that, you'll, you'll find them all. So that last question of the Nixus podcast at every podcast, what advice would you give to your younger self? Like I said yeah. earlier, we had everything from quit drinking too much to, you know, um, take risks. So no, there's no bad answer. Mine, mine's a little bit depressing, but it, but it's not. Um, I, I noticed you're doing some stuff on mental health. Now I've just done thirty odd years in the services, and I've come out. Uh, and so, something real crap happened last year, which was a final trigger for something. Uh, and then when I was having the counselling, uh, as you do, uh, which 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 was a big thing because it wasn't you didn't have it as, as a guy. In the UK, we were we were far too tough for that, uh, which is bollocks. Um, mm-hmm. But it was the um, if I'd say anything to my younger self, it would be recognise when something's not right. Uh, be brave enough to say this doesn't feel right and get help then. Don't let it go as long as you did. That's probably what I'd say. It's a bit deep, isn't it? <laughs> no, that was good. So the, the question is, what advice would I give to my younger self? Um, for me, it'd be it'd be a case of no matter what's gone on in your life, just make try your best to continue. Um, I went through a couple of bad relationship breakups, and I found out I found myself in a situation I'd never been in before, where I only had myself to look after myself for a while, and that kind of impacted on everything that I was doing and. One of the things that involved it within the music process was I ended up having like a 12-year hiatus of playing music. Um, didn't own a drum kit, didn't own a pair of drumsticks. I just stopped playing and I lost all sense of identity of who I was and what I was doing up till that point. And knowing what I know now, I would like to say, go back to myself and say, look, times are hard and it is difficult. Don't lose that identity of yourself. Don't lose who you are. It's going to be a struggle. It is going to be a massive uphill climb. 
just keep going at it as best as you can. You may not be on top form for a while. Do what you can do, because any small part of holding on to that is that's a semblance of yourself will help you continue to progress and you can then rebuild on that foundation and be a lot further than I am in certain respects now. Um, and I think if I could be able to go back and give myself that kind of friendly, constructive kick up the backside, you know, who knows what could have been so much different for me in certain respects. Not that I'm knocking where I am now because I'm in a band now with three other guys and we absolutely freaking kick it. So maybe in certain respects, maybe not kick ourselves on the backside because otherwise we'll be where I am now. But yeah, I think maybe looking at life, I think looking at life in certain respects, having that foresight now, it's always, you know, maybe I could have gone back and changed a few things. But for me was if I could have gone back, I'd have tried to help myself try and retain that little bit of me that was me at the time before I hit that dark period of life. You know, said, carry on, son. Keep going, because you are going to get there. It may not be in the way that you think, but sooner or later, several couple of decades down the line, you're going to end up being in a band with three guys, and you're going to be smashing out killer tunes and freaking enjoying music so much more than you have been up till this point. Just keep going, mate. That's some good advice. That's some very good advice. And don't shave your hair off when you're 29 because you think you want to change your hair because it never goes back <laughs> after. That's another good thing. Now I look like Duncan Goodyear. That's, yeah, that's, what I can, that's the only thing I can think of in regards to me, life, dark times, and how I've used music as part of that to kind of be where I am now. Um, I'll just, for my advice for my younger self, I'll just say, just don't get too caught up on what other people think of you or what you do. Because I think I just sort of, you know, uh, I think I like a lot of young people kind of worried about uh, embarrassing myself or, you know, making a fool of myself doing things and maybe sort of give me a little bit of... Um, stage fright kind of early on, very early on. I don't really get that now. But um, I, I kind of learned like a lot uh, after that that um, it's, I, I always think, not just advice for me, but advice for anybody who's being in a band. I think if you are in what you think is your favourite band, like if the music you're doing is the best that you can do, and it's the best representation of what you really like doing, then no criticism can touch you from anyone. If you're playing it well and you're playing your music well, then nothing anybody says about your band can touch you then, because it basically that's down to a matter of tasting. Uh, I think I worried a lot about that, you know, early on, that whether I was in a band that people liked and stuff like that. It doesn't matter, because it's subjective anyway, because people like all different kinds of things. But I think if you can turn around and say, yeah, oh, do you know what, this music I'm playing... I really like this. If I was seeing a band play this, I would really be into it. But if you can turn around and say that, then no one can criticise you then, or no criticism can touch you. And I think if I was going to say something to my younger musician self about that, it would be, don't worry about what other people think of you as a person or a musician, because it's subjective and it doesn't matter, because what matters is what you're putting out to represent yourself. 
and I find the better you actually are, the pe- more people criticise you anyway. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. No, definitely. As long as you're putting out what you think is good stuff and you, you actually believe in what you're putting out, just keep going. I don't know. I, I, there, there, there are sort of shades and flavours of everyone's answer that, you know, definitely relates to sort of where I was younger. Uh, when I was younger. Um, <laughs> I suppose, you know, if I was to sort of distill it into anything, I'd, I'd basically say, you know, you can't build a personality around self-loathing and sarcasm forever. Um, <laughs> and you proved that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> eventually, you've got to be, um, eventually you've got to get to a point where, you know, even if it's just with your partner or just with um, the people that matter to you, you've got to allow yourself to be vulnerable in some ways and you know a life spent sort of shutting yourself off and closing yourself off isn't really a life lived it's yeah it's a performance um yeah <laughs> without going into too much detail what that what that signifies but yeah well that's pretty good advice from everybody i mean there like i said earlier there's no bad advice we all have our own uh, Pat, we all have, you know what I mean? And um, I heard one answer was, uh, I wouldn't change anything, because if I change anything, I wouldn't be where I, w- where I am today. So That's true. That's, that's very true, actually. Yeah, you think about all the different consequences that lead up to where you are. I'm pretty happy with where I am. I'm happy with the band I've got. I'm happily married. I've got two kids that I'm really happy, you know, proud of. And so, yeah, you know, so if you, if you regress, but who cares? Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, sometimes you've got to ride the bad stuff to be where you are to realise you've got the good stuff. Absolutely. Um, I'm in the same boat. I've, I've got I've got my wife Kerry. Got three kids. Got the three cats. Got the band. <laughs> and if it wasn't for some of the bad stuff, would I have what I've got now? Probably not. I'd be somewhere else completely different, and I wouldn't want to be anywhere different than I am right now. So. Yeah, oh, you have to run brilliant. We should do like a tape of like therapy sessions for people so they can just listen to them more actually. <laughs> no. Therapy sessions with the end We can just about blag it for like five minutes, but after that it's just going to become bizarre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we spent the last hour with you guys, and it was amazing to get to know, you know, you guys and what you guys think. And um, hearing new music, I-, I know when I discovered you guys, I was like, ooh, every indie band has gives me a different joy, gives me a different, and um, all the genres is what makes it really fun for me. Uh, like one minute metal is playing, and two seconds later, I have hip hop. Uh, ten minutes later, is a pop song pops up. So, I mean, indie bands are amazing. And it's nice to see the community is holding together and helping each other even through the genres. I always say, like, music has no borders. Uh, whether it's the language, the genre, uh, support should be supported with uh, as much love. And I appreciate you guys taking some time out of your busy schedule <laughs> to come and sit with us. Ames, I appreciate you for sitting in with me as a co-host tonight. Uh, we've no been problem. talking. Thank you. 
<laughs> We've been talking with Neanderthal. We have Alec, Tom, Jay, and Spewey here. Um, anything you want to say, guys, before we go? Thanks so much for having us. That's been, you know, it's been uh, fun. I enjoyed it. Awesome. Well, thank you. Um, I'm just very disappointed in the A12 again this evening for making me late. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least, at least we got to see you. At least we got to catch you for the last, you know, few questions. So it really does exist. There is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they they really do have a drubber. I can see it with my own eyes, guys. We shouldn't make them up. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to the Nixus podcast. Um, I will be sending you guys a copy uh, once uh, it is uh, on streaming platforms so you guys can keep it for yourselves. Or you could share it. You could do whatever you want with it. It's your music. It's your interview. <laughs> Have a good night, guys. Have a good night, Ace. Thanks so much. Thank, thank you, you so much. Uh, Bye. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye.